0: A lot of our sponsors have a lot of their own money they can raise through friends and family, but um, you know investors get tapped out. If you've done, if a sponsor has two good deals in a period of six months, uh, oftentimes a lot of their investors may just not have the liquidity to reinvest a second time. You're listening to Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures from multifamily properties, mobile homes to cryptocurrencies. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets and finally create wealth without Wall Street. Now, your host, Jack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Alternative Investor Mastermind. Uh today we want going to talk about the dynamic of operating uh partners or syndicators and how um, capital raisers or fund of funds uh, or allocators which uh you know J-camp Investments can fall into a few of those buckets uh, actually works. So um if you're an operator you need to raise often 5 10, 12, $15 million dollars in 60 days for a deal. And, uh, when I got started in this business, I actually just started as a passive investor. I was uh, living in New York. I was paying a 50% tax rate and I was looking for alternatives for uh, passive income for myself and, uh, to earn income in a tax efficient way. So I just started investing, uh, and in getting to know these sponsors, my, myself with, uh, with my own money across a few different deals. And, uh, yeah you know, over time as as my career progressed and as i had my my exit from uh from my prior firm um yeah you know, started looking into investing more and more of my own capital and uh what i came to learn from from interviewing and and talking to um a majority of the the sponsors and, and operating partners that i was invested with is that um you know it's a constant struggle to raise raise capital uh, even very successful operators um, just because of the time crunch, Um, often are are scrambling to raise money. And uh, there's also a lot of internal operational time and energy as well. Uh, You know, to raise $10 million from a bunch of people investing $50,000, you know, there's work on on, on just talking through the deal, uh, going through the operating agreement, answering questions, answering questions about taxes, answering questions about the economics of the deal. And it takes hours and hours of time to work with investors, even though it's, it's largely, I know for me, very enjoyable to do it. But uh, it, it is just uh, very time consuming. So um, operators that uh, have investors who could write larger tracks is obviously uh, more efficient for them. And because of that, they'll provide uh, better uh, financial incentives, uh, yeah, which could be anything from a better profit split. To lower management fees, to a higher preferred return, and uh, ultimately, most uh, most of these investors uh, you know, will value that and uh, will really provide incentives for those that can uh, you know, write larger checks. Uh, there are a few firms that really try to do things on their on their own, but I think largely, uh, real estate is a team sport, and um, a majority of sponsors are uh, very interested to work with. Uh, um anyone who could work together with them to uh to raise capital now there' is some um uh, some legal ramifications as well um It's actually uh not allowed to just pay someone a referral fee for raising money and um uh, you know that's why you know at JKM, you know we're um i sometimes use the term fund of funds but i I don't know that that's like the best uh representation it's really uh we're really a co g p fund because we're at this point, not just a passive investor. Um, yeah, we may not be in the property manager office, uh, uh, or swinging a hammer, but, uh, when we, uh, are, are getting involved in deals, um, yeah, we're working in general from the start, from the time the building is about to go under contract to, uh, yeah, review the numbers, uh, in some cases advise on the structure, um, the optimal, uh, preferred return, the optimal profit split, um, what's uh, fair in today's market, and uh, really how to position uh, the deal for uh, for a base of investors. So for that, we're often uh, provided a piece of the uh, general partner side of the deal. Uh, There's a lot that goes into being a general partner. Uh, Capital raising is certainly a big component of it. Um, also, there's uh, finding a the deal. There's the property management side, the ongoing asset management side. Um, there's often net worth requirements that uh, um, you know are required by banks that um, you know of the of the people in the general partnership uh, need to have a certain uh, amount of net worth, and also even just a certain uh, amount of liquidity, uh, just money in the bank and stocks and bonds, as opposed to uh, um, you know, real estate holdings. And a lot of operating partners are uh um not as liquid in stocks and bonds because they have all their money tied up in real estate deals. So uh often having an extra partner that just has uh, uh some capital in the bank and this is not to personally guarantee uh almost all of these loans are non uh non-recourse uh loans but um yeah you know, with that said if you're on the GP if a deal fails you're going to have a very difficult time getting another loan regardless of if if it's personally guaranteed or not so um it's still uh, a very big commitment to sign a loan and in some cases you you earn pieces of the gp for that so as far as some case studies uh we've been um doing this for uh i've been investing in these deals for years but uh, jcam formally has been doing this for uh over two and a half years now and um you've built a great network of operating partners uh there's uh, over 15 groups that we've uh, you know, made uh, co-investments with, and uh, most of them we've done multiple, multiple investments. In and that. that's really across uh, a broad amount of the Southeast and the Sun Belt. Uh, we've invested in uh, Augusta, Georgia, Jacksonville, Florida, Atlanta, Greenville, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, we've done uh Phoenix, Dallas, and Vegas, uh with um a mo- a number of complexes, Houston, which uh we've just put a lot of content out. We really love Houston. And um and then some uh, random markets in the in the Midwest as well. Uh Dayton, Ohio. Um, you know, we're we're really opportunistic and we really we really follow the sponsor first. And um, you know, each of these sponsors has uh typically um you know one to three target markets. And they're gonna look at two hundred plus deals a year and uh likely find maybe two or three deals a year. And uh of those thirty-six deals, uh, we get sent way more than thirty-six, but you know, for the for simple math of the top thirty-six, we may do twelve to fifteen deals a year. So um it really allows us, and uh, one of the benefits of not being a direct operator is uh, you know, it allows us to see the best of the best. And um really be efficient with our capital as well um to be an operator you might spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in pursuit costs uh just to find that one deal and so uh yeah for for the jcam funds and opportunities we have very low overhead because of that because we don't need to uh be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars traveling to properties uh you know doing all the all the upfront due diligence by the time the deals come to us uh the sponsors have already done a lot of diligence and provided us a lot of materials for us to do uh, our second level of due diligence and review the deals with the uh, sponsors. So, um, from that sponsor perspective, they've uh, they've spent all that time and money already finding the right deals. And then they're on a real time crunch to get them closed. So knowing that we're there and that we're consistently there in a programmatic way, um, a lot of our sponsors have a lot of their own money they can raise through friends and family, but um, you know, investors get tapped out if you've done, if a sponsor has two good deals in a period of six months, uh, oftentimes a lot of their investors may just not have the liquidity to reinvest a second time. So there's a constant need for additional capital to be raised, um, and new investors to be brought into the ecosystem. And, um, you yeah, we, we love to be a part of that. Um, a couple of interesting, uh, really strategic, uh, um, ways we've collaborated with, uh, with operating partners is uh, we had a closing last summer on our property in, uh, in Jacksonville. And the way the capital markets were at the time, um, our uh, partners decided to put almost $5 million extra of their own cash into the deal at closing. So they closed with a lower loan to value and um, less, uh, less debt. And um, you know, because of that, we had a deal that was open to continue to raise. And um, yeah you know, we, we'd already put our initial capital in over, over the summer. And then we uh, moved on, and we're looking at a couple other deals. So when we uh, had our monthly uh, meeting with a partner, we looked at the at the capital stack, and we looked at the numbers, and rents are up significantly. So we actually went back out and uh, kind of re uh, re engaged on on the property to put in uh, additional money from our fund, and also market the deal directly uh, as well as part of our uh, being part of the of the of the GP through a co-GP relationship. And, um, towards the end of the year, there was a lot of tax benefits. So it was, it's the last year of a hundred percent bonus depreciation. So, um, as we were talking with our investors, we said, Hey, at this moment, this is one of the best opportunities out there because you can still get, and we're targeting roughly 80% bonus depreciation for, uh, 2022. Even if you come in at the very end of the year, you still get, um, you know, the entire bonus depreciation check. So, um, that worked out really well and we had six months of financials to show already to show that uh the, the rents had grown significantly and um that um you know overall the property was performing really well so um our investors really appreciated uh um that um you know just th- that look under the hood if you will to really understand the numbers and how they were uh how they were advantageous um we also will work strategically with partners uh those that are looking for for larger checks uh, we do have a network of family offices and we also uh, you know do some work on the 1031 exchange front um, this is really an informal um, type of arrangement but you know we have investors if we know we have investors that are about to sell something we can work together to try to place them uh, directly into a deal um, that we've already uh, reviewed and vetted um, and with a partner that's proven to us and uh, because of the intricacies of the 1031 it's typically done as a tenant in common and they uh, those investors typically will invest alongside Jcam and alongside the operating partner and own a direct piece of the deal. So it's uh, so it actually uh, complies with the 1031 exchange rules and allows them to defer um, all of their capital gains uh, into the new transaction. Uh, we're currently working on a deal in uh, in Houston, and uh, given a lot of the changes in the market, you know, we've uh, really looked for for creative and interesting opportunities to uh, to add value. And so we have a deal in Houston that has a two and a half percent interest rate that we're going to assume. And uh, the going in cap rate, if you look at the last three months of, uh, of net operating income, is, uh, is over five. So that's a huge spread. Uh, there's a term called negative leverage. And, um, you know, in recent months, uh, really up until rates moved, uh, a lot of the properties were actually in a negative leverage situation, meaning you might have an interest rate of four or four and a half. And uh, a cap rate of four, so you'd actually have a, a higher interest rate than cap rate, and that's not a great spot to be in. It does happen sometimes on heavy value adds, just because there's so much upside uh, built into the rents that uh, you know you pay a premium on the on the cap rate because the you know, the income being shown is really not going to be the income for long, and um, ultimately buyers will pay a premium because they they really look at it not quite as new construction, but uh, you know in new construction you, there's a concept of what you, what cap rate are you building to? So, uh, on a heavy value add where you know you're going to raise rents significantly three, four, five hundred dollars a month, you may look and say, okay, well the current cap rate is four, but um, six months from now we're going to be at a five and a half or six because we're going to raise rents significantly and renovate units. So, um, but going forward with these higher rates, um, cap rates are adjusting, but you know they have not moved as much um, as much as the interest rates, at least on the short term for the two year. Uh, if you look at the ten tenure, year, the ten years move, but not quite as much. And uh, I think, God, uh, the long term typical buyer for many of these complexes is a more of a family office or institutional buyer. And most of the buyers will will work off the ten year debt. So, um, you know, because of that, I think cap rates will um, not expand nearly as much as the interest rates have. And um, you yeah, know, had a conversation, uh yeah, with one of my uh, mentors of a group we've invested in a number of deals with, and he. Um, yeah, said so even, you know, if you're an institution or you're a large long-term family office buyer, you know, if you uh if you have the the choice of of buying treasuries at five percent right now, that, that's great, but that's for one or two years. If you buy a building at a five percent cap rate, you have even if you paid cash for it, you're getting, okay, for the for the next year or two, you're getting roughly the same rate as treasuries, but you know you have a long term appreciated asset. You have an asset that you can leverage smartly at the right time. And, uh, that's what a lot of the, the deep pocketed buyers are doing is, uh, taking either much lower leverage or in some cases, just paying cash and taking the current rate of return as, uh, you know, is as, as something very similar to treasuries, um, knowing that they have the option in the future to do a cash out refinance and, um, you know, also take advantage of, um, you know, of the tax benefits as well. Um, you know, treasuries and muster in uh, a, some type of, you know, municipal bond, which is not certainly not a treasury. Um, you know, have have tax implications from interest, whereas real estate does have have uh, losses through depreciation. Lastly, I just want to go through how things typically uh, typically work. Uh, we're we're engaged usually at the start of a you know of a project pretty early on, where we get to uh, you know really look at the deal, understand the game plan, and uh, we uh, you know work very closely with our partners. Uh, we'll typically put out our own emails. Uh, or a series of emails explaining the deal. Sometimes we do an actual webinar. Sometimes, uh, oh, a lot of our investors have actually liked the, the one pager we put out, uh, um, just called why we like the deal where we'll just put key highlights together. And, um, you know, often there's a, you know, two or three week period to, uh, to round up capital and, um, and invest in the deal. So we're, you know, we're answering email inquiries, we're jumping on phones, uh, yeah, I've got a few, uh, a number of investors that I I have a pretty good idea of what they know, what they want, uh, what their questions are. So, um, you know, for our recurring clients and those clients we have a really close relationship with, we'll uh, often tee up a custom email or report and, and just tell them about the deal and uh, you know why they think it's in their wheelhouse. And um, investors have two choices of of how to how to invest. Uh, we have our diversified uh, platform. Diversified fund that actually continues to invest in in each of our opportunities, so that if you invest in the fund, you own a piece of every prior deal that's in the fund. But we'll also continue to acquire new properties in the fund as as capitals continue to raise, and we keep that fund open from uh, generally a year and a half to two years, and then we will uh, close that fund and then start a new fund, and then just you know any future sales that happen in the prior fund eventually just return capital and. Um, yeah, you know, it's a great way to to have money in motion for three to seven years and have a diverse base of assets. And then we have a second platform that actually allows all of the economics to be segmented. So if you only want exposure to one deal, you could then expose to that one deal. Um, and then what those funds do is those funds will invest directly with the operator. So the benefit to our partners there is they receive one check or two checks from for just from the JCAM funds. And uh jcam is the only investor that they face and so they only have to send one tax document to us there's only one operate there's one agreement to sign uh per fund and uh they send uh you know they'll send us one large check and then if it's the fund obviously uh the diversified fund that goes into the pool of the other investments if it's the uh direct deal platform if we have five investors co-invested with us we will uh yeah just disperse that money accordingly and uh, you know, lastly, we're, we're almost always getting preferential terms. Um, In our diversified fund, we actually give any co-GP to the fund itself. So the diversified fund ends up making a higher return than if you invested directly because we receive, in some cases, better economic terms just for writing a larger check, but also um, nearly all cases, we're getting a piece of the general partnership of the deal because we're actively involved in the deal. And then in our uh, direct deal platform, um, there's often uh, also preferential terms. Um, in some cases, it's, it's even just access. Uh, there are some offerings that have a five hundred thousand dollar minimum, and uh, yeah, because we're pooling capital together through our uh, our funds, we can you can meet, you can get in with uh, you know as little as a fifty thousand dollar minimum. So all in all, it's a great win-win. It gives our investors access. It gives our investors better terms and returns. And from the operating partner perspective, uh, it saves them a lot of time and efficiency. And it also um, you know, just gives them a strategic, recurring, programmatic investor that they can rely on uh, you know, when we're involved in a, in a quality deal. They know that we're uh, going to be part of their team to uh, you know, work together to bring in our tribe of investors and uh, you know, invest through our fund and, and, and just ensure that the project uh, meets its deadlines for raising capital for closing. And, uh, you know, ongoing where, you know, we have a seat at the table to, uh, review, you know, the best strategic options for, you know, growing, growing profits of the property and eventual sale. So hope this was helpful. Please, uh, remember to, uh, give us a, a review on iTunes. I would love a five-star review. If you like, uh, what you're hearing, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all at jcaminvestments.com. And I uh, hope to see you in the next episode. That's all for this episode of Alternative Investor Mastermind. Now that you know the many alternative opportunities out there all up for the taking, you can finally become ultra-connected and ultra-wealthy. Get more valuable advice from the experts by subscribing to the show at alternativeinvestormastermind.com. Become a winner in the world of passive investing today in alternative investment strategies. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.